Hey guys, uh, I just had an awesome, awesome conversation with Stephanie Sofield. She um, has the current episode on, uh, on uh, the Music in Our World podcast. Um, but a topic has come up and I thought it would be good to, uh, to put out some information that, that might be of, of good practical use to people. Um, we, t- we talk about the show, the, the popular Netflix show, 13 Reasons Why. Uh, I and, and and it should be known that I have not finished it. I've I've watched a little bit of it, so my input should be taken with that, obviously, uh, with that grain of salt. But uh, Stephanie's watched all of it. Stephanie's a working um, therapist. She's a music therapist, um, but works 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 closely and, and knows what she's talking about uh, when in this particular um, regard. So she, you know. It's, it's definitely an opinion, but it's an opinion that's backed with some research, some qualifications, some, um, you know, some, some clout for sure. Uh, I'm, I'm super psyched that she was willing to, to share her perspective and, and talk with me again. It's an extremely, extremely important uh, topic for me personally, and it's one that no one should take lightly. And uh, I, I, the, the, the write-up for this post will have um, links to every sort of thing uh, you know what what to do if you or somebody you know is struggling um, you know and it'll be written all over the place but I'll say it again you know get get help there's there's a lot of different ways you can get help um, there's a lot of different people you can talk to there's hotlines you can call there's there's ways to reach out um, if you're not personally struggling with uh, depression or anxiety or suicidal thoughts or tendencies, um, then 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 you go out of your way. You know, if, if, if especially if someone's you know seen the show and might have been triggered by something or might be going through something else completely unrelated, you know, use this opportunity. Like, reach out. Don't don't just sit there and uh, you know think that only well maybe it'll go fine maybe everything will be okay if there's somebody like you really think might be having some trouble then um you know be there be there for them it's really important uh, we talk about a lot of different ways to do that we also talk about her recent success with united percussion uh, wgi just finishing and and uh you know, united did really well this season um you know, I, I did want to mention that a little bit, but obviously the, the bulk of the episode and our conversation was based on uh, 13 Reasons Why and mental health and um, suicide uh, and self-harm, like awareness and advocacy and, and all these super, 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 super important things. So um, I'm very grateful to Stephanie that she shared her time and expertise and we're both really excited. Um, this is going to be sort of a bonus episode. Uh, I didn't I didn't want to necessarily disrupt the flow of, of the other folks because I've had wonderful conversations with all of these great people, but I, this was a very important topic, very important episode, and I think uh, it is totally reasonable to go ahead and, and have it out uh, as a bonus episode for you guys. Um, if you have any questions or comments about the, the links or anything that we say or think or feel in the podcast, then please uh, you know feel free to let me know. Um, you know, post and comment, get the conversation started, uh, as long as you're not saying, you know, how great suicide and mental health are, mental health disorders are, then uh, I think we'll be in, in good shape. Uh, 
but please let me know and, and, and get the conversation started, you know. Uh, okay, but uh, thank you, thank you for tuning in, and here's, uh, here's Stephanie. <laughs> okay, I think we're, uh, I feel so fancy. I know, it's all official. I have, uh, I have my cucumber mint. <laughs> I just have normal boring water that I had to hide from my cat because he likes drinking out of my cup. <laughs> That's cool. I got you. Uh, well, so, um, let's see where I'm, okay, so I have my pink notepad too. I'm trying to, trying to get everything on my ducks in a row. Um, and well, first, first, um, as we're listening to this, your first episode is the current one. Um, and it's getting some traction, so that's exciting. Yeah. Raising some awareness. Oh. Um, yeah, and, and I think that's really cool. I've had some people say, hey, that's really, it's a really interesting uh, perspective. We like hearing about that. And so, Super stoked to have you on again, uh, especially with, you know, with indoor season wrapping up. And then the elephant in, I guess, just yeah. our rooms. Yeah. <laughs> the elephant in a lot of people's rooms right now, honestly, I feel like. Yeah. Um, and so I do, I think, I, you know, I had briefly spoke, spoken about that before. Um, let's maybe do that second. We'll definitely get to Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, first or so first and a half. Thanks again for for being on and sharing your insight and talking about some cool stuff. Uh, you're the first repeat guest. <gasps> Thank you for having me back. Cool. Uh, yeah, any any opportunity I have to to get you on, I'm probably gonna take. So if you end up being on the show like ten times. <laughs> that is fine with me. I won't be mad. Okay, so, um, well, first, what, what have you been? Uh, what have you been up to? What you've been doing? <laughs> um, work, but honestly, I just feel like WGI. That's that's it. Yeah. For that's it. We were in the last, you know, the co last couple months is so. It's just like all you're doing, I feel like, because even during the week, you're really trying to keep the members engaged and and really in the right zone and really just focusing in. So everyone kind of just in the last couple of months is that final push when it's all about mentality and, and being in it. So I feel like I just came out of a whirlwind because that was last weekend. So oh, yeah, I'm like trying to catch my breath. We're not even... We're not even uh... We're not even yet a week removed. I, and I remember uh, fondly those those days, you know, marching and uh, and teaching. So uh, cool. So so remind us again, you know, who you're with, what you're doing, and then things that we didn't really talk about last time. I didn't really ask you much about the show or you know a lot mm. about the kids or or what that. So I'd love to uh, I'd love to hear about it first of all, and then you know let you plug in a little bit. <laughs> sure. So I was with United Percussion. Um, they're from Camden County, New Jersey. Um, we kind of turned some heads this year. So I think a lot of people are like, oh, hi. <laughs> um, 
Um, but I marched there in 2013. Um, so it was kind of like coming home for me. I aged out there. I chose to age out with a symbol friend. Uh, cause for us, it's really important. The symbol line that we march with sometimes is the thing that we're drawn to. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people will go for like instructors and things like that. So yeah, I went for a symbol friend and then, um, yes, yeah, so I was, a, I was just a symbol tech, uh, this season. Um, and it was just a really cool, we had a lot of new staff, a lot of young staff. We all kind of came together as, a had, I mean, a lot of us had marched together at different places. A lot, I think everyone, but one person on the, like the tech staff had marched there before. So it was a whole bunch of United alum, a whole bunch of people who've been shaped by United in some way or another, even if they went on to go do other indoor groups or these really amazing drum corps, um, most people had been shaped by United in some way and then came back. And it was just really cool because we kind of figured out how to be a staff together because we all started the same time, the same year, and we we're all pretty much the same age, um, just coming out of school. A lot of people are getting their master's in music. So there's just, it was really just like a ton of raw talent on the staff and a lot of experience for how young everyone was. And it was, it was a really, really cool experience for sure. That's great. I think I've been, um, I talk to people about, you know, building programs and being part of good programs. And they say it's alum, like having alum support is good. Having alum teachers is really good. Um, are you guys like, are, is everyone going to stick around? Like that's another thing. Consistency from year to year um, mm-hmm. helps a lot. Uh, I can't speak to everyone. <laughs> it's only been a week. Um, I know that Paul's going to be back for sure. I know that for a fact, but I don't want to like speak for anyone else. Mm. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of return. Um, I just don't want to like say for sure one way or another, just in case. But yeah, I know for sure Paul's coming back um, and he was the caption head and he did such a good job. He is just, he's really, really incredible. He marched um, SCV with Paul Rennick and he's up at Rutgers. He's done a lot of... um, just he's done design or not design. I think he's done he's done writing for a lot of groups, um, and he's with the Cadets Quad Line this summer, so he kind of knows what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could say that. Yeah, so I know he'll be back. <clears throat> I know a lot of the front ensemble people will be back, and the United Front Ensemble is ridiculous. They are incredible, absolutely incredible, and they have been for a long time. So. Um, well, that's cool. I'm glad you had. Uh, I'm glad you had a good experience. And it's stuff changing. Um, stuff changing in uh, the percussion side of of WGI. I mean, I was looking at the rankings, and so many, so many new groups are up there. Mm-hmm. Um, groups are moving around. So I'm, I'm assuming you guys felt pretty jazzed about the the end of the season, and you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. I'm not a huge placement person, but finals is always a big deal. You know, yeah. It's always a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, tell me a little bit about the show. What What was the theme, and had the had the folks take to it? Sure. So, uh, I think the coolest thing is this year we got a lot of feedback. People saying it was their favorite United show or the best United show ever. Um, and I have to agree, but I also saw it all the time. <laughs> But so the show was called Sir Isaac's Wonder. Um, and actually, at first, I really hated the title. I was like, why don't we just call it Gravity? Come on. <laughs> but I think I think because it wasn't 
in your face gravity. Um, I think it was so tasteful that kind of the tasteful title was okay. I think if we had said gravity 87 times and it wasn't called gravity, maybe it would have been different. But um, I think the show title, everyone really got it and it was fine. Um, so it was about gravity. But so it was a, we had a lot of motifs around that um, idea. We had a lot, we had like some visual motifs that repeated a lot of people like getting pulled down to the ground. Um, we had this giant orb in the back that literally did nothing but sit in the corner. Uh, it was huge. It was really, really big. And all it did was kind of uh, motivate the, the visual and the drill towards it in a way, you know. So we had a lot of stuff like that where it would be, there would be motivation on the floor visually around maybe a pod of people. Um, and then we had these canisters where we had uh, our floating orbs, our floating balloons. So that was um, people would gravitate around that as well. So basically the arc of the show was this idea that gravity or something or someone is holding you down, is keeping you grounded. And so there's these moments where this there's a loss of gravity. So we had that musically with uh, like bass drops and we had um, panning. We had these like um, the sound system panned across the back. So we had these giant speakers. So we would have these giant like bass drops or like this. Some One of the sounds sounded like uh, and Monty would be so much better like explaining this because he's a sound guy. He's brilliant. But there was this like one sound. Honestly, it would sound like a spaceship docking. And I know that's not what it was, but I literally kept thinking that every time. <laughs> And it would pan across the floor at the end of the first movement. Everyone would kind of move as if they lost gravity as it moved across the floor. So we had a lot of visual and sound interaction with that. Um, and we had, like, you know, in the ballad, we had a little bit of triumph over gravity. We had um, and one of our cymbal players basically climbed this human bridge and flipped over another one, and he was kind of suspended for a moment. Um, so that's that's basically... The, the visual and the sound element of it. Yeah. Cool. And at the end, it was like defy it, you know, it's like defying gravity. And we had this giant symbol toss and all the balloons went up and then a symbol player jumped over and popped a balloon and it was, it was super cool. <laughs> did you play defying gravity? Okay, mean? no, I wish we did. <laughs> yeah, as soon as they said like the show's about gravity, all of us were like defying gravity, that and um, John Mayer. But our uh, our Vig girl Lauren, she whenever she did warm ups with them, she would play Gravity by John Mayer, and then on uh, finals day she did Defying Gravity, and the kids all sing it. It's so funny to hear snare drummers singing along with Idina Menzel. Oh, <laughs> oh I, I remember those were those were good days. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, um, what about the so what about the music? Was do you remember any of the source? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we played Canyon. Um, I also can't remember who that's by. People kept thinking it was Philip Glass. That's definitely not true. And we played uh, Roots of Coincidence, so Pat Metheny. So those are the big ones. Um, Vertical River we played. I don't know if that is a source piece. That was our ballad. I feel like I should I should have known that. Um, but I know Roots of Coincidence was the one that people kept being like, oh, yeah, Roots, I know this. So that was kind of the big one. There wasn't anything where it was like, oh, this this song is about gravity, which I thought was really nice. There was nothing like in your face. It was just like really good music that they picked uh, for like the sound of the music as opposed to being like, this song is about space. <laughs> you know? 
Well, I can I can definitely appreciate some subtlety and mm-hmm. um, and that and sort of letting the show speak for itself. Um, so that's yeah, that's cool. I agree with you, and that's I think that's a more um, apt approach. Uh, okay, so that's um, that's good. I, and the you might I haven't uh, really been following the indoor scene as much lately, just because I've been you know working on a million different projects and haven't even really had time but is i saw like the flow marching thing is it like free mm-hmm. to watch like I, I could find a link and put it up somewhere uh i think i'm not super sure about how flow marching is i know there everyone has free access to all the shows like we were posting um a video from youtube i think so i don't know if flow marching did it and then put it up on YouTube. I'm not sure, but every after every show, like all three of them, everyone had access to a recording. So okay. I don't know if they did that. And if they did, thank you so much. <laughs> but I, I don't know if it was them. I don't know really um, what was going on with that. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll do some research and um, yeah, have that as have that in the write up because um, I think that I think that's super cool. I, I, indoors, sort of, it always will hold a a place in my heart. Mm-hmm. So I love, I love talking about it and I love uh, sharing it with people. So I'll do that. Uh, okay. So is there uh, is there anything, any other projects that you're working on, um, you know, outside of ind- or outside of indoor, like that you're looking forward to in the next few weeks or months? Uh, this is always so hard because <laughs> that's like all I do is work and indoor. Um, I mean, I'm doing like, I'm going to gig in Philly a little bit this summer with, um, someone that did my internship, my clinical internship. He completed it uh, a couple years before I did. So we're going to get together and gig at some, at least one restaurant this summer. So that's probably the next thing I have, but that's pretty chill. I feel like, um, I'm going to go on tour with Pacific Crest this summer. Um, just for one week, I'm the the fill-in tech. But other than that, I'll be taking the summer off from drumline and kind of decompressing, refocusing on music therapy and the growth in that way. I'm still trying to finish my master's, so probably should do that. <laughs> I know what you mean. I'm actually, uh, I'm getting ready to start mine next fall, so. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Good luck. <laughs> I'm excited to write all sorts of fun music, but I also want to, um, you know, I have I want to have some outreach and stuff as part of it as well. So that's I'm I'm that's why I, that's why I keep asking. Hey, what are you up to? What are you up to? Can I, can mm-hmm. I be involved? Can I, you know? Yeah, I yeah I'm not I don't know I'm not doing anything um, performance wise or comp wise or anything unfortunately that I know of at least yet. Well, and I this we're in a we're in an industry that could change like boom. Yeah, you're totally right. Absolutely. Uh, okay. Well, um, I uh, for for I've talked with a few people about. Uh, I just I want to go ahead and talk about the show. Um, and I actually I took some notes and I've been really thinking about it and sort of talking with uh, some other folks just to get perspective, not necessarily opinion because I haven't seen it or read it. Uh, for those of you listening. Um, we're, we're going to talk about 13 Reasons Why, and uh, I think it, 
like I, I've I've watched only a little bit of it. I have not read the book. Um, whether or not it's good or bad, I'm, I you know like to let people decide for themselves, and uh, I'm certainly welcome, hoping to hear uh, in detail Stephanie's opinion uh, <laughs> for our listeners. But uh, it's it's a very important piece of literature and, and theater, and um, you know if you want to call it art, some people can call it art, but it's it's definitely an important thing. Whether or not it's good or bad, uh, sort of remains to be seen. Um, and I, I'm not going to like go into too much detail on it as far as the show actually is, because um, I have not seen all of it. Also, I want to clarify that I'm curious more about the show. I don't know, Stephanie, if you've read the book. Uh, if- I haven't read the book, but I have um, read a lot about the differences between the book and the show. So I know a lot about that. And I think that's an important distinction because some people may come to the defense of the story and Mm -hmm. just playing devil's advocate. I have no clue about the book. I have not. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the cover looks like. But the show, um, I think, is even more important because you could happen upon it looking at Netflix where where if it's a book, you kind of have to, like, order it or pick it up. And uh, Mm -hmm. some people forgot how to operate books a few years ago. um, uh, So our, our discussion will be about the show and um, I don't think so about the storyline if, if you're listening to this and you don't know what the story is just go go experience it yourself and then come back to this if, if need be if you're interested um, but and, and I, I took some notes on just the first episode so Stephanie I, I want to hear your just overall broad and I, I know you've kind of been <laughs> itching to get to it so I'll, I'll let you I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if itching is the right word. It's just, uh, I want to be, I don't want to say I don't want to be careful. Um, I, I have a lot of opinions. Um, I have a lot of opinion based on research. I have a lot of opinion based on objective fact. Um, a lot of opinion gathered from other people that work in the mental health profession. So I want to just be very clear that the things that I'm saying are from a mental health professional standpoint Mm -hmm. and um i think it is very important for honestly the mass population to take the opinion of mental health professionals very seriously um especially about a show that has been sensational sensationalized and is extremely popular and has wide influence um i think it's very important for people to take show that's about mental health seriously and especially with our opinions as mental health professionals Mm -hmm. um and I think um, we do need to be careful about the things, um, like when we're telling people to to watch it. A lot of people are like, you need to watch it before you make an opinion. And honestly, that's not true. Some people shouldn't watch the show. End of story. Um, so I just, I guess I want to ask, like, how you want to go about it? Because I have quite a few notes. I feel like I might have to be reined in. Like, you might have to give me guidance on what you want because, um I think I definitely take the um, the standpoint that this show is going to have ripples. Um, it has already. I have um, stories, a story that I asked a mom if I could share from a past student about right. the, something that's already happened mm-hmm. um, and things that are happening to vulnerable adolescents that face suicide ideation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also have thoughts about the representation of the character who faces suicide ideation, representation on mental health, um, the misrepresentation of 
depression, anxiety, and trauma and how, like what happens in your brain and the difference between the way that Hannah Baker, the main character is portrayed and the way that mental health um, occurs actually in the brain. Um, and the biggest one being the trigger scene. Um, yeah. And, and I understand why people are coming to its defense, but I also just want to point out usually the people that are, are the people that um, are saying, you know, like if I imagine why someone would commit suicide, this would be why mm-hmm. instead of the people who have been through it and the people like me who work with it every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I really ask that everyone take this very seriously. I've seen the, the, um, the reactions of people saying, you know, you guys are overreacting. This is ridiculous. It's just a show. And unfortunately, I think that directly mirrors the reaction that people have to mental health in general. Oh, you're overreacting. Oh, it's not a big deal. Oh, it's just this. And it is really sad to me that that these are mirrored reactions. Um, but I think it's really telling as well. So I'm just asking that people um, take the opinion, the professional opinion of those that work in the field very seriously and listen to those who are saying this is really bad. Mm-hmm. So. Well, uh, obvi- I mean, obviously I, I agree with you. Um, and with my, my experience in this is obviously not from a professional, like trained uh, mental health standpoint. I have, I mean, I've, I've been a teacher. Um, I, I teach mm-hmm. and work with kids and I've, I've, uh, worked, I've talked with music therapists, my, you know, my friends that were, that I had in school about some stuff like this, because, um, it's, it's so important. It's, I think important is the, is the word I think, uh, this, this is what you have to say is important and what your colleagues have to say is important. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason why I think it's pertinent for this, like this music podcast is because, um, and, and this will, this will help you sort of, I guess, um, frame some of it, but I also mm-hmm. just, I do want to let you sort of give all, all that you want to, because it like, sure. I said, it's so, so important um, as a, as a teacher of a fine art, as a music teacher, um, I've taught, I've taught singers. I've taught band kids. I haven't taught orchestra kids. I've worked with them. I've, but I've, I've worked with musicians. I've, I've taught a, a little bit. I've worked with some theater kids, kids that are more, I don't want, not even necessarily just kids, but students and other people that are, are, are in touch with the emotional side of things. What we, what we call on them to do is in the emotional vein. And therefore mm-hmm. they're a little bit more in touch. They're a little bit more, mm-hmm. I don't maybe, maybe susceptible to something. Um, uh, they're, they're, uh, their emotions can be more intense. And I think it's super important for teachers who might be working with kids that students, people, uh, even other teachers that, that might be exhibiting signs that, that maybe know what to look for, know how to deal with it mm-hmm. a little bit better. Um, and few, anybody that knows me is that knows that I'm, I'm sort of anti-television. And this is, that's one of the reasons why, because some people say, oh, well, they're bringing to light, um, mm-hmm. they're bringing to light this topic this subject oh and people are talking about it now well mm-hmm. just because people are talking about it does not in, for any stretch of the imagination means that it's positive raising awareness yeah. is only uh good if it's brought with from an objective standpoint and i think some of the things probably you have to say i mean are, are, are to tell that it is objectively a dangerous thing a triggering yeah. thing to an already susceptible group of people um uh and so um, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's, it's very, you're, you're very important. You are a very important person to me and what you have to say is important. So, um, I want to let you 
I want to let you sort of start because it sounds like you've, I've, you know, you've got some some preparation done, and I'll mm-hmm. uh, I'll interject as I can or feel like it's necessary, and uh, I don't, I'm not going to rein you in much. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay, so I guess the first thing that I want to focus on, um, as I just really want to nail in the severity of the trigger and the suicide scene, mm-hmm. because people. Um, first and foremost, like everyone is saying, like, this is, this is very triggering. This was, um, something that they did against the, um, advice of people they consulted. And I would say anybody that it works in suicide prevention would have said, you don't show it. Um, and, and I have access to some of the, like a list of things that, um, suicide prevention says to do certain ways to approach suicide that, um, can help with suicide, like specific things to do to work with suicide prevention that I can um, share in a second. But so the number one thing I just want to share this story, I already um, asked the mom and she was like, please, please share. Um, so after I posted my very first um, thing, like I, I, I watched it, I probably watched nine episodes before I was so angry and upset about the representation. Mm-hmm. That I quit. And then um, when I knew we were going to do this, I finished it so I could speak from a completely educated standpoint. Because um, I think that's one of the things people are like, oh, if you haven't watched it, you don't have a right to speak about it. So I've watched it and I have a right to speak about it. <laughs> and I'm also like educated, right? So yeah. both sides. Um, so first I was really frustrated and I couldn't really voice why I was like, I had a lot of thoughts about it and I just felt that there was a lot of invalidating things happening, which I want to get to all that second. But after I posted that very first thing, that Tumblr post that's going around about how it's, um, glamorizing and it's a trigger and all these things. Um, I had a mom of a past student text me what had happened to her son. So backstory, I taught him, um, in drumline and he struggled with depression, severe depression, severe depression. And thank goodness I was in the middle of my therapy training because I was able to, um, kind of talk him down every once in a while and, and really be there for him. And I was never in any capacity, his therapist, but I had the skills to kind of, um, I guess ground him in those moments. And I knew like when to reach out to his mom and those things, but I've always been kind of part of his support team since then, like checking in on him. And I just mean like support, not team, um, but like, like frame, um, like part of that friends. And so I always check on him every once in a while. Um, and he was doing really well. I think he ended up quitting senior year cause it was just too much. It was really triggering for him. And he was doing really well, doing, finishing up homeschool. And um, I think he had and his last inpatient was maybe in September. And he was doing really, really well. Mm-hmm. And um, so his mom texted me. That was the last I heard. His mom texted me when I posted that and said um, he watched it. And she didn't know until it was too late. And they're very open with each other. He, She asks, she's amazing. She asks him every day, how are you feeling today? Or she says, how are we feeling today? have you had any thoughts about self-harm And there? They have established such an open relationship um, about this, which is very rare, first of all. And I'll talk about that later. But so she said she found out too late because um, the trigger scene is the last episode. And a lot of the stuff that leads up to it um, is I feel like it's very, um, it's like a booby trap trigger. A lot of the stuff that's happening, it's very slick. It draws you in and you don't know why you feel upset. You don't know why you feel weird about it, especially as someone with suicide ideation. And then when you're in it and you're addicted and you want to know what happens because of the writing and the fact that it's TV and all of those things that they know how to draw you in. 
And she told me he watched the suicide scene over and over and over and over, um, which is, that's a trigger. That's what that is. And he, she got home and had to take him to an inpatient psychiatric institute where he was um, institutionalized for two weeks. Um, and I have a quote from her that I wanted to read. It says, while the show wasn't exclusively responsible for the bottom dropping out, it was a huge contributing factor that led to his suicidal ideation and subsequent hospitalization. So that's one of my students, just one. Um, I'm one person. And that's one student whose mother reached out to tell me who I have a good relationship with. That's just one. And to me, that's enough for it to be an issue. Mm -hmm. That's enough. Um, especially because if you're, if you're having, um, I'm like really stressed out about this. <laughs> if you're having psychologists say you cannot show this, it's a how to commit suicide. It is a guide. It is look, look this is exactly how you do it. Mm -hmm. And for someone that, um, their brain has been wired differently because of the chemical differences of depression, of anxiety, of trauma. Um, and I'll talk about that too, about why that's different for them. Visual stimulus, uh, visual stimuli mm -hmm. is one of the strongest things, um, for those individuals. For example, um, veterans who have PTSD, um, they found when they're doing like the Rorschach inkblot test, um, there's a couple of things they find in it, which is kind of irrelevant for this conversation. Um, but the, one of the biggest thing is when they have the ones that have red, the color, it's called color shock. Most of them go immediately into, um, uh, like a hallucination or remembering, you know, flashback because of the visual stimuli. It's just the way that it works with the brain. So it is just a fact that that is the way that it works with the brain is the visual stimulus, um, is one of the most uh, important factors in contributing to a flashback or dissociating or perseverating like this young man did, um, enough that it was, it was kind of, uh, the biggest factor for him. So, and I've spoken to, um, well, as soon as this happened, I reached out to a lot of my um, acquaintances or friends that I have that have experienced suicide ideation, or I know that they have a loved one that did, and I wanted to make sure they were okay and see if they'd seen it. And a lot of them that had watched it, um, have been experiencing a lot of distress. Uh, I have a friend who hasn't tried to commit suicide in quite a few years, and she felt like the issues were so off. Um, and then she felt so not represented. She so, felt so invalidated. Um, and then the, the trigger scene happened. And the thing is like, there's a viewer discretion. First of all, teens will do everything you tell them not to. So that doesn't do anything. Sure. It's popular. So everyone's going to watch it. Um, and it doesn't say like exactly what the, it says, like you viewer discretion graphic, whatever following. And the, the biggest thing is in the first two weeks, people didn't know what that was. Now we have all these things where like, if you have suicide ideation, don't watch this. But in the first two weeks, there was nothing saying that. And there was nothing saying like, if you've been raped, don't watch these two scenes because they show it from the approach to the completion of the act. And, um, so now we're able to like, say like, please don't watch it if you've experienced these things. Um, but I think just, I, I don't know why they, I don't know why they did it, especially because in the book, um, it's a pill overdose. Uh, which is actually more accurate. Girls tend to commit suicide in a way that's not going to hurt their body. Mm. And then boys tend to do something that um, distorts their body. So the pill overdose would actually would have been closer to reality. Um, so I really don't know why. I, I've talked to some people and they think it's shock factor or, 
whatever. But regardless, it had an immediate effect on a lot of people. Um, yeah. So again, I have many friends who've experienced suicide ideation that are really struggling. Um, and thank goodness they knew to reach out to their support system. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like they were able to notice. And the thing is, is they didn't notice for a couple of days and they just felt unsettled. And then they started spiraling just like this young man did. Um, it took a little bit and he just started spiraling. So it's one of those things where it's like sneaking, it gets you. Um, so that's the main thing is the trigger scene. Um, it's recklessly irresponsible. If, even if you put something in front of it, I think they knew, I mean, it's, it's really popular. It's, it's really popular and teens are going to do what you tell them not to do. Right. So that, the, right. Like you can say, don't watch this and they will immediately go watch it. So the biggest recommendation is that people are saying, please watch this with your children. So you can immediately process after, and you know that they watched it. Cause if you tell them, no, they're just going to do it anyways. Right. And to me, it, it's just so irresponsible of Netflix. I feel like at this point with so many people saying, look at all of these consequences that have happened in less than a month that this has been out, um, that it should have been taken down. At least the scene itself should have been taken down. Um, like, end of story. You're, you're, you're literally causing harm right now. Um, so as someone that works in mental health, how it's a huge ethics, like it just, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. Um, so I think an argument I've heard is someone said, well, what about war videos, you know, or war movies, you know, PTSD victims can watch those, blah, blah, blah. I think the difference is a war victim or a war victim, a soldier, a vet, someone with PTSD knows what, Saving Private Ryan is about. <laughs> they know what's going to be in it. It's rated R. Like yeah. they know. Mm-hmm. And in the first two weeks that the show was out, people didn't know. They, not as many people had read the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people are coming to the defense, but like they just didn't know. And then the damage was done for a lot of people. So I think that is the biggest factor right now. Um, and so I think the next two things um, that need to be addressed. Um, p- Everyone keeps saying this. By everyone, I mean myself and my colleagues. And when I say my colleagues, I mean not just music therapists because not all of us work in mental health. I'm talking about the social workers who do. I'm talking about psychologists, psychiatrists, people who work um, not just with adolescents with suicide ideation, but adults who have long-term dealt with this or people maybe who are all of a sudden out of nowhere dealing with this because of a traumatic event. Um, I'm, I'm talking about everyone in the mental health field. Um, it is well at this point established that this show does glamorize suicide mm-hmm. um, because it is a suicide revenge fantasy. So basically, this is the I. This is really the core of why I was upset. Is that <clears throat> this girl has all of these things happen to her, all these events, and she's able to logically line them up into a timeline and say this happened, which took away my um ability or my ability to be believed this happened which ruined my reputation this happened so it's like building up um and so then people didn't respect me and then people wouldn't listen to me and then that led to me getting raped and then that led to or me seeing rape and then me not no one believing me and then me getting raped and then i just couldn't i tried to talk to someone and i couldn't be believed because my reputation was broken so then i killed myself and she makes these tapes um honing in on everyone that did her wrong and um, one out of five reasons for someone to commit when they're having suicide ideation is revenge, is getting back at someone, is hurting someone. And so this targets one of the very reasons, and it glamorizes it because, and I say glamorize because, the people that she seeks revenge against 
get in like get hurt they are traumatized they are upset they finally feel what she meant they say man if i'd only done something different if one thing had been different um if i hadn't passed her that letter it would have been different which is ridiculous that's absolutely ridiculous and that completely invalidates the reasons that people commit suicide or that people have suicide ideation um it is not one event after another, after another, after another. Um, there are certain brain changes that happen that lead to um, suicide ideation. And and so it glamorizes it because it takes this, one of the five reasons that people want to commit suicide, and she achieves it, and it happens. This, this thing that she wants is to seek revenge and to hurt these people, and it occurs, and it happens because she committed suicide. So not only it, – it's like a success story, you know, like she did this, and then the people that she wanted to hurt got hurt. And that's terrible. It is horrible, like absolutely awful. So people can say all day long, it doesn't glamorize suicide, but it it does. That's a glamorization right there. Um, so that's very concerning. And that's, that's one of the biggest ones um, out there. So the mental health issues, I want to talk about that and the difference between what is happening in the show and what happens for people with suicide ideation. And now I've, I've heard both sides. I've heard someone say, I feel like this really emphasized the issues that we face every day and why I wanted to commit suicide. Um, and actually I don't have any friends that said that. I only saw that on other people's posts. So I don't know, but everyone I've talked to has said, this is awful. This does not explain anything. So basically my main issue with it, this is like my opinion. And then I'm going to put some fact, um, into it. Um, pretty much everything that I'm referencing here on out, I'm going to talk a little bit, a little bit about the neurobiology of trauma and the neurobiology of depression and anxiety, um, and brain structures and things like that. I'm pulling from, um, the body keeps the score by Bessel van der Kolk, um, 2012. It's a great book. Uh, if you work with anyone that could possibly be traumatized, you should read it. It's very easy to read. Um, really good book. He's like the leading, uh, psychotherapist for trauma research. He's amazing. Uh, and I can send you the link and title and everything for that. Mm -hmm. So the main issue here is that, and I kind of touched on this, that this character, Hannah, is able to look back and say there are 13 reasons why. Well, there's like technically 12 and there's, she has this like reason she wants, she basically wants her friend to like call out the person who raped her and get it on tape and blah, blah, blah. But anyways, so there's all these reasons why. Um, I'm committing suicide and you're one of them and you're one of them. And she's able to go back chronologically and say, this happened and then this happened. And I just want to point out that that is logical. Mm -hmm. Suicide is not logical. It's not. If you are in that space, you no longer have the capacity to be logical. Because if you could do that, if you could say, this happened and then this happened and then this happened, which led to this, you could also say, if I do this, then I can do this, then I can do this. The biggest thing with someone who has depression or trauma, who has been traumatized, is there is a disconnect. Um, well, there's a lot of disconnects. I'll talk about a lot of them. But they, they no longer have the ability to imagine consequences, to imagine anything. Um, that is the biggest thing. They either only see terrible things. Um, they only see war scenes. They only see awful consequences or they imagine nothing. So for example, when presenting children with um, basically like benign pictures, pictures that have no, no connotations at all. It might be a pregnant lady sitting next to a window or kids with dad as they're fixing a car. They present traumatized children with these pictures. Um, okay, let's actually let's start with 
not traumatized children, typically developing children, and asked to tell a story, they will tell a completely just, again, benign story. It doesn't have a bad ending or a good ending. It's just like, uh, this lady is waiting for her husband to come home and bring dinner from McDonald's because she's really hungry because she has a baby. Or so-and-so and so-and-so are helping dad fix the car, and then they're going to go to the park. Mm-hmm. Okay? So traumatized children or children... So trauma is the number one factor for depression and anxiety. Just putting that out there, 95% of people who are in inpatient psychiatric units have experienced trauma. Trauma is the number one cause of health issues in our country. It's the number, or it's like maybe number three, but it's up there. And it's the number one cause of mental health issues, end of story. So trauma is really what we should be looking at here. And um, so traumatized children presented with these pictures, either their stories ended horrifically horrifically like um the little girl is going to bash her dad's head in with a wrench and then kill her brother and take the car for a drive and they say it with no emotion like that's just how the story goes or they can't imagine anything at all they can't think forward that's how trauma works trauma either makes you hyper vigilant and all you can imagine is a terrible ending because that's all you've experienced and your brain has been wired to to know only that, which is why traumatized children act out all the time because if you look at them funny, you might be trying to kill them, you know, right. or they cannot imagine anything, okay? And if you can't imagine anything, like if you don't have the ability to imagine, that means you're not thinking about what you want to be when you grow up. You're not thinking about, um, these are the things that motivate us, like, I can get through a class because I'm thinking about what I want for lunch. They can't do that. I I got to where I am today because I could get through homework, because I wanted to get an internship, because I wanted to have a job. They lose the ability to have relationships with um, friends and family because because they're numbed out, right? So there's no logic in that. In In these experiences, they don't have the ability to look at this picture and say, you know what, this happened and then this happened and then this happened, which led to this. They don't have that ability. They either panic and say, here's this horrific thing that's going to happen, or they see nothing. And then nothing tends to be the people that commit suicide because they cannot imagine a future. Mm -hmm. They have no ability to imagine that. So you're taking this character that can logic her way to her suicide. And that is what bothers me is that is so unrealistic So the people that are out on the other side are saying this doesn't capture my experience and I can't tell you why. I don't know why. That's why. Because there's an underlying mental health issue that they are not addressing. And it usually has to do with trauma. Um, Yeah, trauma creates depression. Trauma creates anxiety. Trauma creates uh, complex trauma. It creates PTSD. And PTSD, I think, is the leading factor I read read for, for suicide. And so the show tried to touch on saying like, okay, so here's a traumatic or two traumatic events that happened to her. Well, kind of three. Okay. So I kind of wished like if the show had been done right, I imagine it would have started there um, and not had this like leading up like, and then my no one believed me because my, someone tried to slut shame me. And so no one believed me more. My, my reputation was scarred. That kind of, Again, I've already like talked to that. Just doesn't doesn't really fit. I wish they started they started with the events. Um, so like there was one where she was kind of it was kind of her fault that someone got in a car accident because they knocked over a stop sign and she was trying to deal with that guilt. Guilt can be very traumatizing. Okay, okay. And she witnessed the rape and she was she was intoxicated so she couldn't do anything about it. That's pretty traumatizing. Traumatizing. And then she was raped and she wasn't believed. So I can see like okay, if those things happen to someone. 
But here's the thing with her situation. Um, it's still unrealistic because uh, if we're looking at the reasons that people develop post-traumatic stress disorder, you have to have more attachment to your parents. Usually it is the number one, number one factor, um, not having resilience. So, so between the ages, ages of zero to seven, seven is when you develop, develop your attachment and your resilience. Um, and attachment is a... Uh, the style of attachment that you develop with your parents is indicative of your processing and your coping skills in adults. Um, the Vander Kolk talks about this a lot. So if you have anxious attachment, you're going to be an anxious person. Um, if your parent ignores you, um, if you're attached, then that's how you are going to react as well. So attachment is uh, indicative of how you're going to react. And the thing is, in the beginning, they show really good relationship with parents. And they never really show... Like they show that she doesn't listen to her, her um, because they're really preoccupied. But unfortunately, unfortunately that's not really big enough reason. Um, and I mean, it's possible. It's possible. Like, they like they say, things happen when she was a kid. But they really emphasize that she had this great relationship with her parents. They they loved they her. her. Um, she really trusted them and them. And um, no. so, like me watching, I'm like the number the number one thing like, this is unrealistic because. She was resilient. She had, she had all the marks of being resilient, and, you know, and people that have that attachment um, are, are more resilient. Um, and they and don't develop trauma, and they don't they don't, they don't react don't react the same way. So basically, what they were doing was creating two different characters. They they started they started with wonder, um, and I know they're trying to show trying to show like this can happen to anybody. True, true. Um, but for um, example, like. I know of that had good attachment to parents were also sexually abused by their siblings, siblings and had a lot of long, long um, buried trauma that they didn't understand, which led to depression. Mm-hmm. And they didn't understand, and they had, and they had to, to sit with that guilt and, guilt and not knowing. And, and then, and then um, when they went to therapy, therapy, those cases came up, but feel bad, bad, and they suicide ideation. So, so it is just, it's just like they. Someone, someone said, someone said, someone said, I bet it was either because of this, this, and this. And they didn't, they didn't do their research, and it shows them how to actually say these things. Like, I have a friend, a friend that, I know, I know, that was actually sexually abused by her father, that, that wanted to be sexually abused, and she's attended at least twice. She was very, very young, very, very, very young, and so that's very trauma, and that it changes. Especially the child that she's learning brain develops. develops. And, it, and it's due to basically shutting down the midline of the brain, both sides, both sides which detaches your ability, ability to. Um, that is that is a part of our brain that makes us minimal That's That is the part that makes us minimal sentient. We know we're alive because of that part of your brain. You know you are human, you know you know that exist. So when that part shuts down, you don't, when people say, I don't feel like you, I don't feel like I'm alive, I don't hear here. That's because it makes me trauma. Part of the brain, brain, the brain is shut down. Um, um, so for her, so for to, her to, to have this to have this happen so and then go straight to suicide, suicide, suicide is really is really unrealistic. Some other some other factors that factors that would needed to be there. Be there. Um, um, and so I just feel, so I just feel really happy because the people that the have gone through those things, things um, um, face a lot face a lot of issues. Yeah, and then you're looking at have have faced these things that I have I have friends who have been sexually assaulted ever ever. Thought about suicide. Now they're watching the show. I've been thinking about it. I'm like, literally, come up. 
Like, why, like, why, why haven't I thought about this? Why didn't I react that way? And then they're, and feeling, then they're feeling guilt. Survivors go for some of them, it's not even real. So that's ridiculous. And then you have people who have depression, depression because their brain actually different than people's people's. Maybe they're maybe they're born, maybe, maybe they just, like, their serotonin doesn't stay in there, right? That's why we have SSRIs. Their brain functions differently from birth. And they have a traumatizing events. And they just want to kill themselves because they can't think of a, think of a future. future and they're watching and they're watching the show and they're like well, I'm never well, I'm never going to know this and I'm going to decide who am I like, why do I why do I need to be here, 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 here and gone this. this so so it's just it's just there's so many there's issues. issues it's it's there there's it's so so lots of lots it seems to me like uh with what you're saying like they started with this character that they started with the the end part and they sort of reverse engineered someone like okay to commit suicide and instead of starting with a person thinking what would make it what would make that happen because not everyone that has a traumatic event wants to ends up wanting that or you know it's so they just sort of work with what would work for tv well this is a good character maybe like i said i don't i don't know what the book was like but it seems like they developed maybe in a parallel way but um the idea of they they started with something that they could sell that's relatable enough to where people could like, oh yeah, I, I could see that being me. This must be important. Um, but, you know, they didn't, they didn't take any care to, uh, somebody, somebody might who's, and maybe you can, you can comment on this, somebody that doesn't know or is in a state of uh, some sort of uh, upset mental state, they're, they're finding these pieces they can put together that might lead to suicide where they wouldn't have occurred naturally. Somebody yeah, yeah. that's not all the way there. They're, they're maybe halfway there on the fence or something. We're like, oh, I experienced, uh, I saw my friend do this in, in high school. This person wrote me this note. This person sent this photo of me. Well, I wasn't going there before, but, but now I am. Because I see, well, now it's logic. Now it is something that I can observe and is, is right um, and is popular and people agree with it. And so, well, it must be true because I, I see it now. Like, 
and not and not become numb because not because 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 they're gonna, they're gonna think, think that, that, that what can I what do, do, do to fix this emotional, emotional situation? What can I do, what can I do to better, better? So, so impressionable. And, and things like things sound, sound and visual and visual and all these senses, senses hit your limbic, your limbic system, system first, more impressionable. More impressionable. So, so, if you if see your friend, friend, friend self-harming, self-harming you're gonna, you're do, gonna it. do it. I mean, not, I mean, not everyone. It's, it's, it's a phenomenon that happens. They, they literally, literally know about all the battles that are doing it. They're doing it. They're doing it. So, yes, so, yes, very true. Very true. And then also, and then also made me think um, um, I could say, I could say, which would you the list of things, of things not to do, do, do in, in, in regards, in regards to, suicide to suicide for prevention? prevention. I'm pretty sure this is going to be done on suicide.org. I'm pretty sure that is. But I'll check double check for you. The first one is, um, Sensationalize the suicide. The suicide. So don't, so don't make it a big deal. Big deal. And I want you to watch everything. everything uh, look, uh, at all, look at all these through the, through the lens of this show. And think of, and how, think many of how many of these they do. Okay. So there's one. There's one. They do that. Don't talk don't about the content of the suicide. No, there is one. There is one. Okay, because okay, we're, because we're, looking, we're at looking at the survivors. The entire show is a suicide note. 13 of them. Okay. Don't describe the suicide method. Okay, okay, well, there you well, go, there you go. Report, report suicide, suicide as a public, public health issue. issue. They do not they do, do not do that. that. Also, they do also not do not do any resources to people and, and more how to deal with it. With it. Not. Um, um, but anyways, I'll, anyways, I'll talk in a second. second. Um, um, don't speculate, don't speculate why, why the person might have done it. This whole show was why the person might have done it. Um, um. Don't quote don't or quote interview police or responders, responders about the causes of suicide. of suicide. Okay, okay. Describe, Describe the suicide, suicide as, quote, quote, died, died by, suicide, by suicide, or, quote, quote, pleaded, pleaded, or, quote, or killed, killed him or herself rather, rather than, rather than, quote, than committed quote, suicide. Because um, um, it places responsibility and puts responsibility on the community suicide, 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 um, um, and then the last thing is, don't, don't rise to the side of the we've already talked about. So it says, so it says um, um, yeah, these are, yeah, these are, these are guidelines, guidelines for preventing suicide and suicide risk. Violating those guidelines, people, violating violating one and thirteen reasons why it's violating every single one single one those guidelines. Every, every single one. Single one. Everything was everything and so it's like so it's like someone someone really good intention of bringing suicide to life. We need to pay attention to this terrible terrible thing that's happening because they didn't listen to people and people know what they're talking about and do it every day. But deal with deal with what is what is illogical. Someone wanting wanting to in their life they can't logically way out of it. And we were like 
as they hear the dragon chatting with your way to lower lower the the waves of suicide um suicide suicide attempts. Um something else something else I was saying saying that the medium that it was used in the video basically is really 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 important important to tune so it's not only not only design but design but design and medium medium that they find really really important. Um and that's why it's blowing up blowing up so it's it's so 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 many factors. I think that one's important too because I, I mean anybody that's a person I, I will you know anybody is a person of any kind of means not not you know we're at a point now in technology where not people have in their hands access to all sorts of great things wonderful things but also the worst <laughs> things on the planet that are and yeah, yeah. people are constantly making it. And that's not just that's not just the upper class, it's not like the crazy elite. Like I knew I had kids that were and had legitimate need, were, you know, on like somewhere near or below the poverty line that had a smartphone in their hands. And, and you know, it's just it's commonplace and that, that child could easily look at this and have no context for it whatsoever. Absolutely none. Um, and it's not something that, it's not lack of necessarily parental supervision, it's not lack of adult caring, but there, there's going to be times in the day where you have to let them not be underneath you, and it's it's so readily available. And like, it, the, the part that bothers me is that there's, there is no context, and like I think you mentioned, it's probably going to expand on, it doesn't say... It doesn't say anything. I didn't notice anything about mental health issues. About yeah, yeah. it doesn't say if you're having trouble, talk to these people. Here are all of these resources. That should come yep, first, yep. and it certainly shouldn't be omitted completely. Um, my understanding, not even in the show uh, that I've heard, is there any sort of? And I, I think I heard she goes to like a guidance counselor at the school, um, and that was less than effective. And I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. I've, I mean, certainly there's people that probably fall down on the job, but um, the lack of context, I think, uh, is one of the things that's going to get people in trouble with this. Um, you may have a lot more to say about that. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so she, she goes, she goes to, to whatever, his whatever his name is, Mr. Roger, Roger or whatever. He's a counselor, he's a counselor and, and she's going to just have his job. He dismisses her, but he told her to get over it, basically. So, so this is really great. I had a
that they can they trust, trust us. And I don't want to trust them. They're going through individual situations. They're going through a stage where they need to pull back and define themselves. I don't want to trust us. And now we have to show that they're being watched. That it's accurate. That it really is mental health. And here's this adult that messes up really badly. That's her down. And when you leave, when she leaves his office, that's when she decides for sure. And then her brain. teaching in public school i would i i made sure that to to let kids and then like i said i had like whatever the basic training was which was nothing it was laughable for for a classroom teacher it was, it was not but you know i went i went the extra mile and then i well maybe i maybe i did or maybe i didn't i think it's kind of human decency but i was like if you guys are, if you guys are having any trouble and like you some for some reason feel like you can't Go to some. You can you can come to me. You know, I was I was always very welcoming. I was like, look, I've I've, I've been through stuff. <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, yeah. I've lived life, and you know, I'm not some crazy out there space person that's come to yell at you and give you homework. Like I'm a person, and if you have problems, um, you know, and and hopefully when kids come to me with something that sounded to me to be very trivial, but I never let them think that, and I was always like, oh man, you know, I, I totally see how that could be. You know, here's and and sometimes I didn't even say I didn't give any advice. I didn't give any counseling. I would just I just listen. 
a lot of times I, I think that helped. I hope, I hope it did anyway. And sometimes I would say, yeah, I totally see how that would be. I totally see how that would be distress, just uh, cause you distress. Um, and I would say, oh, well, here's maybe what the other person was thinking, or here's maybe a thing that happened that you maybe didn't know about. And they were like, oh, I never thought about that before. Something, it's usually something simple. And, and if it's not, um, thankfully, I, I, I didn't have to, um, you know, I've never had to send anyone, I guess, above, <laughs> above me. You know, I, I got really lucky, I think, in that way. Um, you know, and I hope that I'm able to help people. But that's, it's, it's so important because uh, I, I want, I don't want any student, young person, child, whoever, or, or adults to feel like, uh, first of all, regardless outside the show, that there's, that there's no hope, that there's no options, that there's, that there's nothing. There's always something and specific, and this, you know, there's a way to tell, like, here's what it looks like when someone is open to help you. Here's who they are. Here's how to find them. Here's when and, and where to go and what to do. Um, and, and pointing out stuff like this show, here's what not to do, because that can be just sometimes even more so. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and we can, you know, obviously we, we have more. I, I wanted to, um, and I'm not going to say that I, I'm going to play devil's advocate because I don't, I'm not going to advocate for the show. Like I wasn't, I wasn't going to, and um, hearing all the specific reasons why I'm, I'm not, I'm not interested in advocating for the show. Right, right. Um, but I do, what, what would the show, like what could they do to, to lessen the impact? Let's say we were writing a letter to Netflix, which um, I may or may not be currently drafting. Let, let's I say think the, the APA is too. <laughs> well, I hope so, and you know, it, I hope somebody is doing something. But what what are some things that, um, what what can we do? What what can we do to help people that have seen the show that don't have context for it? Uh, what are, um, how could we frame the show for somebody who's going to watch it anyway? Um, and, and what what could the show do to to lessen its impact or fix it, or does it need to just be completely pulled off? Like in your opinion. Um, I think it should I be pulled, it should off. Be pulled off. Um, um, I could be over but, but I'm also, I'm also, I am no, no being a fierce, fierce advocate client, clients, um, fierce, fierce, like I have like gotten, gotten in some, some knockout, knockout arguments, arguments with people, fierce, fierce, fierce advocate, um, for some, for safety, all the time, all the time. Um, so I think it should be taken off, um, um, I can imagine some sort of compromise where they take out this triggers, trigger scene. Um, it still doesn't change the fact that it's just inside. Um, um, just tear, just tear, uh, so, uh, so I think it should be taken off. Um, I think there, there are beautiful, beautiful ways to approach suicide, suicide. and I know that they were really trying really to do that, that. so like, I get it, I get it, but it was, it's, it's, they missed the mark, they missed the mark, and reckless. Reckless. reckless, so I think it should, so I think it should be taken off. I think, so we need to make people very aware of how they can receive help. I think, so I've been telling people, if, if, if you see you the show, show monitor, monitor yourself, yourself because I say stuff. some stuff. Um, um, I, I, I took me probably two days after, after, after I was really, really getting really anxious, anxious, really getting really, really, really moody. And, and things that are things triggers, triggers um, um, tend, tend to be triggers for everyone, for everyone in some way or another. There's a reason why these things are upsetting. And 
it triggered, triggered, you know, I don't, you know, I don't have issues, I use I reason trigger something, and I don't know if it's a predictive factor, factor or like I want clients, clients or something, but I was really upset, and it, but it, and it, but it took okay, so the number one thing I would say, I would say is monitor yourself, monitor yourself. please just please be very, very conscious of your body, your body responses, and any changes that are happening, because they tend to be like, a lot of stress, stress, first, just a little stress, stress, just really just key really and, key with, yourself and with yourself and, and, be, get and touch get in touch with your body because those things will tell you first. Um, um, and then the second, then the second I would say, say no, no, people of your forensic forensic ministries family that, that um, um, have experienced suicide or have attempted suicide, reach out, reach out immediately and and ask if they have watched the show. So so ask them how they're feeling and offer support and remind them that you love them, you are there to support them because because they may, they not, may not be triggered, triggered, they may not experience anything, but, but um, they, they very well could, well could and, you know, and you don't know. know. So just remind so them that they have, that they have a support system, system, so they have something, if something if something kind of grow, grow up around them before, before they need to reach out, because often you need to reach out, people, people don't. So just reach out to everyone. So then I think the next thing is for people who do have access to adolescents. So people like me, like me, Therapist, I'm sure we're all, we're all wrong, 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 all this, all this, we're like talking about talking about everything, everything. But, but teachers, teachers, um, um, music, music, music anyone, teachers, anyone that has access to adolescence, adolescence. Um, um, just, just, I guess it depends, depends on your, depends on your relationship, relationship, because I would, I would, say I would have a discussion, but you're, you're not, you're not but, I'm but I'm also trained, I'm also very comfortable having that discussion, I'm sure counselors are having discussions with kids, but just letting them know, what the resources, what the resources are, are available, and I think, and I think like what you were saying, like letting like letting people know that you are here to talk, you really care about them, 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 and you want what's best for them, and, and you really really care for them, care for them. Um, um, and that there is a there is important information about their options. I think because I think sometimes sometimes students don't care what care what teachers have to say, but you know you know students students usually have one teacher that they really they really connect with. So I so I know if I know if a teacher is saying this in class, someone someone will hear you. And, and what you are what saying, saying is so is important. I cannot tell you how important it is. How much how much is this their value value to teachers to have these have these relationships because they see they see them more than we do. We get in there and there and do the work the work that is trying to change the way the brain the brain is functioning. functioning. Right? It's really it's really intense work. It's once a week or maybe twice. You're in you're in home. But the teachers are there so so often, and the research shows that one positive one relationship. Change, change every every can change, change everything. Everyone who's someone who's trajectory, trajectory is going is going long way. Can change change everything everything. And it can and it can be someone who's not just someone just someone, someone who, who and so I don't and so I don't say like don't therapy therapy but counsel like counsel like listen hear them hear them and and then and then if you hear they want they want to self harm they are they are at risk you need to send them and then to the counselor. So then I think so then I think the next thing is if you know if someone who is I mean, um, having problems harming, harming themselves, themselves or they have they have suicidal, 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 suicidal thoughts. Um, they, um, they, they, next up, next up is taking them to the ER. And um, so, I think, so I think these are the resources that like you need to know. This is, this is what this is what happens. This is how, this is how you get help. You get help. So, so the first step, first step is get to go get to the ER. ER. And you'll be put, put um, basically, um, basically taking you to the ER so that they can watch you. So they can make sure you don't hurt yourself. Because you are valuable and you are worth you are worth being saved, you are worth being worth being hurt. They will, so do, they that. will do that. Um, they, um, they, they say they basically, basically into, into an acute patient, patient. Um, usually, a usually a floor, a unit, 
on a long you know, you know, usually, usually you have to, you have to stay a week ish so, so you're stabilized enough for them to figure out what happens next. So stabilize, so stabilize to where you're not actively uh, uh, to yourself or others. So they usually, so they usually can stay my state, they usually stabilize, stabilize with that. So that usually, usually that happens, that happens either haven't happened in on meds ever, they're diagnosed, or they're off their meds, or it's or it's meds to put them on, so they stabilize in that moment, because it's, because it's, it's a crisis. Well, then what will happen is they will also receive therapy in that cancer facility, so it's a good fit, they'll probably stay for that person, and they continue to receive services after, depending on how much of a... In crisis it is, they, they might move, move to maybe a residential facility, a long-term facility, or maybe just a transitional facility, something a little bit, a little bit longer, um, and then move to, to an outpatient, they can move to, to just therapy. therapy. Um, but I just want to, I just want to point out, like, psychotherapy, psychotherapy is amazing. Is amazing. There's, there's, there's things, things, things like using therapy, therapy, therapy do wonders, and, wonders. and it's, 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 it's Completely backed back by research. Things that things that happen to your brain when you experience experience depression, when you experience anxiety, when you've experienced strange trauma, and your brain is functioning differently than typical typical people. So the things that things that they are they are feeling if you want to want to suicide because because your brain is functioning differently. And therapy works specifically to to restore balance so that you can you can function in a way that is that is not distressing. So you can receive happy. And you can feel feel so you can feel any people people that want to want to commit suicide have a brain have a brain body body disconnect because of the parts of the brain that are shut down. So therapy works to reconnect to turn on turn on basically the parts of the brain that have been turned off and help help people when those when those parts of the brain brain turn back on people feel feel they literally literally feel their bodies bodies again they feel they feel whole that because other part of the brain is back turns back on things that they can't they can't imagine because it's turned off you know it's like explaining calling to calling to a blind person you know you know for real for real and and I just want I just want people to know that that it it is amazing when it works and sometimes it's a really long road it can be. A really, a really hard, um, um, battle, battle of trying to find the right meds, right, meds, right, right therapy, and, and all those, all those things, but I always, I always just want people to know they are, so, they are so worth it, and there's, there's definitely someone, definitely someone out there that cares about you and wants, wants to, see, to see you get through it. So those are, those are the things that we can do, and we should, um, definitely post the National Prevention Suicide Hotline. Because they have trained therapists and counselors at all times. At all times. So if you're ever feeling it's like this, it can't handle it. it. Like, can't you can't you can't you don't want to go to an ER. They are always, they are always there, there um, to people, talk people through it. Yeah, I, I want to. I mean, I'm, of course, along with the with you know our conversation, I want to have. I I will type a, a five page blog post if you know if. I, I think it's worth it, and if you think there's enough mm-hmm. information to share, um, of course I'll put it up, and I'll, um, you know, I'll, I'll pay some advertising money to make sure that people see it because I, that's how important it is to me. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's <laughs> it's extremely 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 important. So yeah, um, okay. So I we. We took a little a little bit of a break from the show for it. we obviously you know um, <laughs> to lower some tensions and and also you know it's good to it's good for people to hear 
what some of the options are. Um, and I th yeah, I mean, I think that's the most important part of this is like moving through what can we do to fix? Mm -hmm. What can we do to, yeah, to move forward and talk about the hopeful part of it? I, I think I think there's a stigma around uh, therapies. As a matter of fact, that, that's kind of a good, I, I wanted to talk to you about this, I think, last time. <laughs> um, now, I've, um, I've experienced some some trauma in, in this vein, and there's a reason why this is very, very important to me. Um, and I, I went to a few sessions of, of therapy, and I wasn't required to, nobody asked me to. Um, I just thought mm -hmm. it was good to, to make sure that I was as grounded and, and stable and on the right path like I thought I was, because I, th I thought, mm -hmm. I've, I've got this, this was not a, a, a wonderful event that happened, but um, I, I thought, okay, I've, I've, I'm thinking straight, I think, but I'm going to make sure. Um, and I went mm -hmm. and it was, it was lovely. It didn't feel, uh, you know, it didn't feel sterile. It was a very warm environment. Um, and, and I know that people have, have been in, in worse mental states than when I was, when I went to, to therapy and mm -hmm. it may seem like those environments are sort of cold and, and, uh, what's the, like a hospital. I, I can't think of the word. Mm -hmm. I think maybe sterile is the word that I'm thinking of, like uninviting. Um, yeah. but for, for people that are, are able to listen and, and I know this is from a, uh, patient's perspective. I, I've been, it's, it's wonderful. The, 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 the people are all of course, super friendly. They understand they've dedicated their mm -hmm. lives, at least a good part of their adult life and their, uh, professional career to helping people like not, mm -hmm. not judging, not, um, not doing anything that they don't think will help you. And I think that's, that's coming from me as, uh, someone who's personally gone through it. And I think you as a mm -hmm. professional, I'm, I'm sure will agree, especially if music therapy was, you know, a thing I would have, I would have <laughs> like, that would have been really cool because I don't know, it would have been, it would have been good to like sing my feelings out and, you know, have a, a <laughs> something, um, you know, I'm not going to pretend to know the, the, the ins and outs of a session, but th that kind of thing, um, I, I think is, is good for, for people that are, might, might be scared about taking the jump and going and getting help. Um, it's mm -hmm. not all a cold hospital bed in the, the dark room of a, of a hospital. And it's not going to be the night shift mm -hmm. nurse who doesn't care. And just you're their 1400th patient or whatever. Like, I, I don't, th I don't think it's like that. Um, well, how did, I don't want to, I don't want to say like cell therapy, but, um, you know, I, I, you can probably give a more apt and detailed, uh, <laughs> description of it. That might be a little bit more inviting to someone apprehensive about mm -hmm. getting help. Sure. I think one of the most important things to note is that, um, I think, um, the stigma and the, the socialization of masculinity is uh, a factor here. Um, a lot of people think if you get therapy, you're weak. And it really has to do with this, uh, really just the the idea of what being a man is and, and how to be masculine, the, the whole concept and construct of masculinity. So you, you have to be strong. You can't show weakness. You can't seek help. Mm -hmm. That's the number one thing. So first of all, um, like there's a reason why our mass shooters are men. Let's just put that out there. So that's something when we're talking about stigma that we ha we are really dealing with is 
um, that really trickles over to women as well, but more so men is um, the idea that if you need therapy, you're weak. So first of all, there are many reasons you might need therapy, none of which are because you're weak. Um, I go to therapy because all therapists should go to therapy first and foremost, because we really need to make sure we're handling parts of our lives that have nothing to do with therapy outside of therapy so that when we get into therapy, there's no transference and we aren't putting our issues onto other people. Now, that does not mean that therapists are screwed up, right? It just means that we're human. And so at the base level, therapy, I think everyone should have therapy, free therapy. And I'm not talking about counseling. I'm talking about therapy because everyone has had a less than perfect childhood. Everyone's had something, right? Because you're raised by humans. So everyone has had not a perfect childhood. And childhood is so important for developing coping mechanisms. So not everyone has coping mechanisms. Everyone has at least one maladaptive behavior. Everyone has at least one thing that they really suck at with interpersonal relationships. Everyone has been hurt. Everyone has hurt other people. So at the very base level, therapy is really for giving you an objective view of yourself and helping you work through those maladaptive behaviors and those coping skills and interpersonal conflict. Um, And therapy is what you need it to be. Some people do really well with talk therapy. I do not. I do not do well with talk therapy. Um, And I found that out very quickly. I tried like three or four and I was like, no, this is not going to work for me. And that's really important to note. Um, If you're a male and in your mind, like I will not do talk therapy, then you probably shouldn't do talk therapy. You should probably find something else. Um, But I think psychotherapists are incredible at what they do. There's some dialectical behavior therapists or cognitive behavioral therapists. It's not just talking. They are trained to know what is going on in your brain when they assess you and they diagnose you and they know what parts of your brain are functioning at a less than perfect level and they know what to do and basically what parts of your brain to stimulate with the exercises that you're doing, with the things that you're vocalizing, the things that you're practicing to to wake those things back up and strengthen those part of your brain. They know how to create neural connections in your brain that are stronger or, or reconnect them to wake up those parts or, or make your access to the parts of your brain uh, easier, basically. So if, for a lot of meals I have found, if I explain the neurobiology of what I'm doing, that I'm accessing this part of the brain, that I'm specifically working to release dopamine in their brain, um, et cetera, et cetera, they, they, they're like, oh, like you, you're not just singing at me or trying to get me to play a drum like if I explain what I'm doing um, they find it a lot helpful or a lot more helpful so I would do research on different kinds of therapies and see what might be helpful for you um, I actually receive guided imagery and music the the Helen Bonnie method I'm gonna write that down because I'll send you information on her um, it's psychotherapy and it is um, far more effective than talk therapy for me because um, it they say one session of GIM is as effective as like six months of talk therapy. It is, it is really, really intense, but not everyone can have GIM. Anyone that has um, any sort of psychotic disorder like schizophrenia or anything like that can't um, do GIM because basically you're, you're like getting so relaxed on you enter an altered state of consciousness, uh, which just to be clear, these are very real things. When you daydream, that's an altered state of consciousness. And um, then it's guided basically by music, and you have a guide, and they're a psychotherapist. And the music has been researched and picked specifically to be put into programs that um, influence like emotions and your brain and everything. Like They have data on the waves and everything. And it helps you um, access 
parts of like um, repressed things or whatever that you don't actively think about because it's stored in your limbic system and so the music can access it and then uh, the the guide can help you process it and then you process it after. Um, and it's really cool because your psyche basically keeps you safe. Like you'll go down little by little, um, but it's like, it is incredibly effective. Um, and so that works really, really well for me because I suck at talk therapy. Like I do not want to do it. I'm really resistant. So this is really great because the music gets in there and it's, it's a music therapist. It's a type of music therapy, but, um, there she, you have to get like five to seven years of training before you can do it. Cause it's psychotherapy. Yeah. It's really intense. So that's what I get. Um, and I always really recommend DBT dialectical behavioral therapy and CBT cognitive behavioral therapy for people. Um, because these therapies make you or give you a really active role in your therapy. We have really, um, gone past the the years of Freud <laughs> where you have the therapist as the expert and the client as a person who is helpless. We are, we are not doing that anymore. That's not what we do. We are giving people a voice and helping them recognize their own resources and their own resilience and their, their own ability. Like you, you have survived this long for a reason. The things that you have done to get here have worked. Like you are still here. So a lot of the therapies nowadays are helping you to recognize the strengths that you have and, and to build your voice and build your resilience um, and basically increase all of these pieces of you and decrease maybe the maladaptive parts. So CBT and DBT are good because they give you um, control, which is usually what people, when they are experiencing psychological distress, they have a lack of control. Um, and so this, these therapies are the most effective, honestly, in most disorders because the client has equal control and their team with the therapist. So, um, yeah, I would say like you're in control of your therapy. So if you go, the number one thing is I always feel like I'm shopping for a therapist and it's, it's really important because if you go and you are not connected to someone or you feel like, like, Oh my God, this makes me think of my mother. And if you feel like it's wrong, get out, but you are not obligated to stay. You need to find someone that is a match for you. Um, someone that you're like, and I, I've talked to people that find their therapist are like, that. this is it. This is the person. Um, happened to me. It happens to a lot of people. Um, so I'd say, I mean, I think everyone should get therapy first and foremost. And then, um, because right now there's such a strong stigma when you do reach out, it right now happens to be a sign of strength because you're having to overcome that stigma. So recognize when you, when you see that in yourself, you're exhibiting awareness that is just incredible anyways. Um, not everyone is aware that they need help. So if you recognize that you're exhibiting incredible awareness and then if you're able to reach out, you're exhibiting strength for sure because there's such a stigma. And hopefully um, people that do reach out will be able to tell their story and say, you know, I got help. And that will encourage others to to get help too. So I think if anyone has gotten therapy and it was helpful, they should definitely, they should tell everyone. You know, like I got therapy. I'm not, you know, I'm not afraid to say it. Like I got help um, and it, it was great or whatever. Go get therapy if you need it. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of different kinds like just you can find some good stuff out there well, that, that that to me is important because and I was I, I like to try and maintain an open mind to all sorts of things but particularly this thing uh, the, the idea of, of mental health and I and of course I know people I know people who have been therapists in different fields so I know of course that there's mm -hmm. but having it um, that would be a, an awesome thing to have you know under under the, the 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 most pertinent and important stuff you know talking about the show 
suicide prevention, but then different kinds of therapy. Um, maybe you, maybe you, you're going through something you didn't realize you could get help for, and maybe therefore min- tried to minimize it as a problem, but it's actually mm-hmm. causing you a great deal of stress. That's huge, and I, I say that as someone who I'm, I know a lot of public school teachers. I know a lot of like private lesson teachers, um, and mm-hmm. I. I easily relate that to the gigging musicians, gigging composers, gigging sound engineers. Mm-hmm. All of that relates so easy to, to what I do for, you know, for my living. And I'm sure you mm-hmm. know, you know, a lot of the same people being, um, that's, that's why to me, you're such a valuable resource because you can, you can relate things through your daily work. And that's, yeah, that's, that's really, really, really cool. Um, okay. So that, that's, that's important that I give us more stuff to, uh, to share with everyone. Um, is there, mm-hmm. What else? Um, what else about the show? I'm, I'm curious if you have any more thoughts, and you know that we're we've we've cooled off a bit, because mm-hmm. um, because we talked about a lot of it, and I think it was all. So far, I agree with you. I am. I'm probably gonna, again, so I can speak about it in an educated fashion. Um, probably, I'm probably gonna try and finish it. It might take mm-hmm. me a while, um, because, like I said, a lot of these things. Um, and I, I didn't realize it until I started thinking about it um, and watching the first episode. There were some things about like my high school experience, not not you know you know apples to apples, but there was there were experiences and thoughts and feelings that I had that I sort of mirrored. And I'm sure everyone probably has something like that. Uh, they they recognize mm-hmm. something from the show that that they had in, in high school. Um, thoughts that you know Hannah was exhibiting that I felt mm-hmm. I felt a version of yeah I think that's why the show is so dangerous because it is under this veil of it's an, I'm kind of thinking about it now when you're like I had a version of that or I had something like that and I was like yeah there are pieces that I experienced of that too it's like they took every problem that a high schooler could possibly experience and put it in one person because then it relates to everybody. And I think that's what's happening when people are saying, I really like the show. I, I can see why this could happen. Because if you haven't experienced it or you aren't trained, it it's logical. It could make sense. You're like, man, I've experienced that. And I imagine if I had also experienced this, this, and this, I probably would have wanted to kill myself. you know. And then now you're getting into the fatalistic view of, well, if enough things happen, then it's over. Right. Um, which is dangerous in itself. But I think... That's what's so dangerous about the show is that they they worked it from this, the TV standpoint, the sensational standpoint. How do we make this relate to people so that they want to keep watching it? How do I write this story in a way that they need to keep watching it? So they did that, right? And that's usually the mark of a really good show, a show that you can't stop watching, that you can't stop talking about. But then they had incorrect information, incorrect representation, and dangerous, dangerous triggers so it's really dangerous because it is well-written in that it is addicting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's well-written in that they draw people in. It's like one of those shows, like, uh, I feel like 90210, where you're watching, you're like, this is ridiculous. It's so dramatic. But you're like, but I kind of relate, so I can't stop watching. Yeah. That's what it is, but it's a very serious topic. And so it somehow juxtaposes, and they did not mean to do this. They somehow have this like drama of this show where you're like, this is kind of a ridiculous show. Like nothing, this would never happen. Like some of the stuff that the kids say, you're like, girl, you, that's the other thing is that like sometimes Hannah like overreacts to things. And so basically what they're doing is creating the suicide victim who overreacts to things. And I think they're trying to say like even someone 
who overreacts, like it's possible for them to fall victim, which is true. But what they're doing is creating this person who is like, didn't you see what he did to me? Why are you talking to him? Which is what every annoying teenage girl does. So what that's doing is creating a transference where you're feeling everything that you ever felt when you watch that annoying high school girl in her. And you're having that wall go up when you're watching this girl who's about to become a suicide victim. Does that make sense? So I, there's just, yeah. So they, they, they have all the markings of good writing and good producing for, to draw you in. And then they just are reckless. So that's why it's dangerous because they, they play on that. Like, Oh, I feel this. I felt that in high school. And then you're reeled in and then you're having to suffer the consequences. Because, like, okay, so there's a lot of traumatizing shows. Like, after I watched Requiem for a Dream, I woke up in my dorm room closet because I was so upset about it. Like, I didn't know. I just, like, must have crawled in there in the middle of the night. So that show was really upsetting to me, and I didn't know. I didn't know that that was going to be that way. Um, So, like, there are a lot of shows and movies that are very upsetting. And so this is definitely not to say that there aren't shows that have upset people. There aren't movies or anything that are personally traumatizing or triggering for people. Um, But I think why this is so important and why this is being made a big deal is that it is so quickly become popular and it's sort of become this thing where like, if you care about kids and mental health, you need to watch this because it's accurate. I think that's why. And because Netflix is so influential and so many people watch it and it's happening right now, you know, so I think that's the big difference. Like, it's not to say that there hasn't been other things. Like, Game of Thrones has so many rape scenes, you know. Walking Dead is so violent. But um, I have found that people who don't like violence don't watch Walking Dead because they see one scene and they're like, nope, and it's over. Um, but mo- no one has ever watched a zombie eat a human. Right, like the- <laughs> so it's it's not directly triggering we can't we can't tell that there is dragons and zombies right now currently like we couldn't walk outside and see those things probably i, I don't know it, <laughs> anything right. could maybe happen but, um you know for sure we could walk out and see a high school girl that looks just like hannah might be going through mm-hmm. the same thing and now we don't know now we're like well mm-hmm. if i look at her funny mm-hmm. is this you know am i gonna get a tape later and i don't yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, and one of the things I was reading that a social worker was saying was, um, suicide is the victim's choice. Um, usually it is because it, because they, they no longer feel as if they have a voice. They no longer feel like they can make choices that they're in control. And it is usually a last act of control. Um, so one of the most important things for, basically people who survive a suicide. So um, people who live after someone in their family or a friend has died by suicide um, is really working with that survivor's guilt and making sure they know it's not their fault um, just because of secondary trauma. But also like that was, that's their decision, um, unfortunately, which is why we work with that person. Um, and that is not by any means to say like the rapes that happened, it's by the same person in the show. I am not by any means saying that like what he did is not awful. I am the loudest person in the world about slut shaming and victim blaming. And, um, I mean, I work with domestic violence victims, like that child needs some help. Um, 
for sure. But that's that's not what the show is even talking about. The show does not focus on that. That this those were things that happened that led to her suicide, right? And and she doesn't say like he's the reason. Um, there's a lot of other things. So that's that's definitely I'm not trying to discount that awful thing at all. I'm just trying to say for sure that it is it's creating this this other responsibility. Um which is in therapy what we try we try to put the responsibility for everything that you do on yourself mostly not because of the pressure of responsibility but because people who need that help don't know that they can be in control and oftentimes suicide is their last attempt at control so that's why dbt and cbt are so great because it gives them control back so it's it's just a lot of stuff (laughs) i'm so sad It, it is a lot of stuff, but I mean, for those of us that, those of us that have had thoughts about, about life, about living, because some people go through life and have never given, I, I, I'm sort of envious. People that have never given, it never occurred to them that, oh, I'm, I'm alive. I could very easily not mm-hmm. be. I'm, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm a little bit jealous of that because I have, I have this weight of existence you know, mm-hmm. I, I think about it actively. Yeah. And I have to, I have to weigh the mm-hmm. options. Like, well, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Should I exist? Should I exist? Well, of course, you know, I've, mm-hmm. I've rationalized it. It's, it's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Everything that is, that I understand is, um, I'm very grateful and thankful for. But, um, uh, it's it's important. It's, I know people close to me that have have stayed in in another place long enough to where mm-hmm. they weren't any longer. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like it is. It's a lot. It's dense, and it's uh, it's hard to to deal with and hard to be in. But it's it's important to to, to mm-hmm. keep trying and, and keep going and keep working at it. And I don't know. Maybe we'll never we'll never figure it out. But I but mm-hmm. I'm certainly on board for trying to to keep working on figuring out and to figure yeah. out as much as we can about it along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would definitely say. Um, we should have a call to action for sure. Uh, anyone that feels compelled to tell their story should to like, I mean, we should be, everyone should be writing letters. Everyone should be writing posts. Everyone should be writing blogs, but I think letters, I think, I don't know who we write to. I, I don't know, but I think we all need to be writing. Um, I have a friend that was like, are the, is Netflix going to get sued for this? Because they should, if they consulted psychologists and didn't do what they said, like if that is factual, yeah. I can't speak if, to that if that's true because I'm not the psychologist they right. <laughs> consulted, okay. so I don't 100% know. But if that happened, I feel like if you have enough people saying, my son watched your show and watched the suicide scene over and over and over and ended up in a psych hospital. You have enough people saying that you have s- serious ground for um, action. So I would say if if you have a story, even if it is – this brought me back to a time and I, I didn't know your, your, like your viewer discretion warning wasn't enough. I didn't know it was going to be that way. Um, or I have a friend who experienced that. I'm going to speak on their behalf. I think enough people do that. We could see something different happen. I hope so. And, and you know, the, right. I'm, I'm of course trying to, you know, promote and share this show for a lot of different reasons, but one of them being, uh, especially this this kind of thing is, is very important. I will I will talk. I will listen. Um, you know, I'll share. I, I have no problem with with talking or having an episode. Um, you know, what I do is is based in music. 
but it's it's also the people speaking is musical to me people's thoughts mm-hmm. and feelings somebody telling a story i can see the music in that i i have mm-hmm. no problem seeing the music in that and if it um, i don't think my listeners are so purist after you know four episodes like, well, you didn't really <laughs> talk enough about like guitar pedals that I, I just i can't really listen. <laughs> i um you know i'm 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 willing to listen and i'm willing to to help people share their stories and even mm-hmm. if it's not this particular podcast, you know, I've, I've got a blog, I've got an access to a, 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 an audience. Um, mm-hmm. And this is, this is easy. And if it's something that I think can help, which I, I'm, I'm certain and positive that it can, because it's helped me, um, then, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to sort of open up that, that channel. You know, what's interesting is I noticed, I'm like in my realm of the Facebook world, the people who are not therapists that are in not enraged, but are upset and, and feel that they need to advocate are the music educators. And I don't know what that means. I don't want to like make assumptions, but I think it really goes back to what you were saying in the beginning that, um, these people tend to be more emotional and I don't think it is because they are into music. I think they're into music because they are emotional because they feel things differently. And, and the people that that do feel things differently and that tend to be actually more depressed or more anxious mm-hmm. um, because they're in touch with those things. They, they are the better musicians. They're the better artists. They're the better actors. They're the people that can do things that the typical population can't. And so I have seen this um, empathy for people um, in a lot of my music educator friends mm-hmm. and they're the ones that are saying, you know, I have a lot of adolescent females that are really hyped about this show and it doesn't sit right with me. And they're not, they're not, they don't have the education, the mental health education, but they have the experience mm-hmm. and they know that their kids are vulnerable. They know their kids are emotional and they see adolescents all the time. They see them every day. And I don't know what it is, but it is my music educator friends that are besides the music therapists that are like, Hey, something is up with this. Yeah. So that can be the music plug is that <laughs> something's up with musicians and they are like in tune with, they're in tune with people. That's why they can create what they can create because they're they're feeling it and they're sensing it. And I'm seeing some good things happening um, in terms of advocacy from my music educating friends, which is amazing. That's good. That's that's reassuring. Um, definitely. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna probably um, I'm gonna try and get this out and get it you know get it circulated because you know this is happening now and it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, my other, I have, I've had wonderful conversations with people that, but that weren't as, as pressing as this, this is a pressing matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'll see, but you know, I'll, I'll take care of all of that logistics side, but is there anything else, um, anything else about the show, anything else about music or therapy and, um, that is, is pressing or just anything you want to, you want to talk about before we wrap it up? I think we covered a lot. I think um, you said something that I wanted to um, re not reillustrate, but reinforce. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said sometimes people get stressed out and they they might need help in the moment, and that's also true. Sometimes people need therapy for like in the long run. Like I think because I'm a therapist, I I will always seek therapy just to make sure. Um, but and some people have serious disorders and they need therapy for life. Mm-hmm. But there are also times when you go through a distressful event or a small traumatic event and you need counseling, you need therapy, 
So sometimes you might need therapy for just a small amount of time and that's okay too. Some people do that and then they get through on the other side and they're, they don't need it again. Um, I've heard it explained as, uh, lily pads as using moments of seeking help to help you get across the pond. So you don't sink, but you have to kind of keep hopping forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so some people do it that way where they kind of, they're at different parts of their life, seek different moments of therapies. Um, so I think that's that's important to know. Not not everyone's going to be the same. Just because you need therapy now doesn't mean you need it all the time. Yeah. But I think everything else we pretty much covered. Um, I'm okay with everything else, I think. <laughs> well, and it's, there's always an open open forum. Um, and what I'm hoping is that it, it gets... See, I, w- I like raising awareness, but mm-hmm. like kind of the right kind. I, if I'm yeah. not making any money off of doing this. Like I'm not, I'm mm-hmm. not going for ratings. Um, mm-hmm. I only want people to listen in that it will help them. Uh, if, if, if yeah. nobody listens, my livelihood's not staked on it. I, I hope they, I hope people listen. And I think they do. I think they will listen. Um, and, uh, but, but I mean, as always, thank you 115,000 million times. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm excited to have this medium. I really am. Uh, very thankful and grateful to be able to share and to have to have people like you who really care and um, are doing great things and in, in ways that I can can personally relate to you know it's mm-hmm. um, and I'm psyched you got to use your your rad new mic and you got all, <laughs> you got all yeah I think it worked well hopefully we'll see yeah. well uh all right well I'm gonna I'll let you go but but again thank you so much and uh I'll be I'll be talking with you a lot over the next few weeks. I'm sure. Sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me again. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>